Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 9. And then the other person starts venting. And then you vent back. And then you vent back. Or, you know, your cat doesn't respond to you. So you just keep going and going and going. And (laughs) sorry. I love it. No, I love it. I don't know where that came from. The cat's like, you haven't scooped my litter box. (laughs) Cat's got lots of complaints. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Welcome to the Wine and Shine podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about an issue that I know Nina and I both deal with on the reg. And I'm sure it's one that you're also very tired of hearing about because it is somewhat cliche, but it's an important topic that we address as we talk about wellness and stress reduction techniques. And that's the topic of work-life balance. So, you know, as we know, there are eight hours a day where really we're getting paid. So there's pressure there to meet someone's demands. So more pressure there. And it's really hard for us, or at least I find, and and Nina finds as well, I believe, to separate that and keep it at work, not have it bleed over into our personal lives so that it impacts our relationships or our stress levels. So we're going to talk today about how we try as hard as we can to keep those two things very separate and techniques that we use to make sure we're not getting burned out because that's definitely something that if you find you've hit that wall is very, very dangerous to your mental health and relationships with your loved ones. And your physical health. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the both of us are kind of at a place where we're teeter-tottering between burnout and sanity. (laughs) Yeah. So I know for me personally, I am kind of at this point where I have days where I'm super in love with my job and I come home feeling really, I don't know, rejuvenated and energized by my job. But then there's also reoccurring days where I'm so drained and then I come home and I'm just thinking about the day, you know, when it's Mm -hmm. time to shut my brain off. So Liz and I have been talking a lot about strategies we've been trying to incorporate into our life so that when we do come home, we can kind of press the off button. And a lot of those strategies actually start at the office or in your case, at the school. Yep. Um, You know, there are things that we can do at work to prevent burnout. And then things, of course, that you can do at home to make sure you're keeping yourself mellow and in check in terms of stress. Totally. Yeah. So unfortunately, we are not drinking a wine today. Um, because we are going to a awesome yoga class right after we record this podcast at El Yoga Flow. It is the studio that we love and mm-hmm. go to. Um, it's owned by Natalie Burridge in Gahanna, Ohio. So if you guys have not checked out episode six yet, we interviewed Natalie and it is a phenomenal episode. I know I'm biased. But she is a woman of wisdom. She Great wisdom. is truly a woman of wisdom. So check out episode six if you have not yet. But without further ado, let's get into some burnout techniques. Yes. Yeah, so um, ours will actually be a little different because, you know, with being a teacher. Right. God, I don't even know what you face. I don't want to know what you face. I face, I face lots of uh, middle school drama and oh. lots of teenage drama burnout. Do you find that 
the emotions of your kids and... Yes. Don't even go further. (laughs) You don't even say anything else. Your eyes got so big and I was like, did I say something wrong? So I recently uh, heard a term called HSP, a highly sensitive person. Some people are going to think I'm totally whack right now. So just bear with me here. But the host, this was The Balanced Blonde, one of my favorite podcasts and bloggers. I listen to her and read her blogs all the time. She just started a podcast. She had a guest on and they were talking about how they both are highly sensitive people. And it's actually like a psychological, um, what do you want to call it? Not a condition. I don't like the word condition. State of being. I I don't know. I, it's it's a thing. You can get diagnosed, I guess, as an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And people that are highly sensitive take on the emotions of others and they basically are sensitive to like changes and environmental changes and behavior, like everything. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that is me. That is me. And that's what happens to me at school. If a kid is feeling really anxious or they're feeling, I don't know, really angry or whatever their emotion might be, I somehow take on that emotion. If my whole class is in this negative vibe, I take on that negative vibe. If they're in this happy-go-lucky, positive, let's sing and be merry vibe, I take on that vibe. It's so exhausting. And I need to figure out how to stop that. But yeah, because your classroom is full of hormones all day, every day. <laughs> um, one of my classes, seventh grade choir, has 110 kids in there at one time. Ah, no. 110 <laughs> hormones. Ooh. It's a mess. No, I mean, I have had to learn so many strategies because if I come home and I'm carrying the weight of all of these middle school kids' emotions, I just bring that into the night and I bring it into the next day and it's just a snowball effect. So what what are your ways of checking that at the door when you leave? Do you have a routine in place to kind of say, all right, day done, like gonna leave this behind and carry it on? So what I've started to do is, and everyone knows this by now, but I'm really big into meditation. So what I've started to do is if I leave a class and I feel that pent up emotion inside, I know that there's something within me that needs to be released. And I will take a couple minutes, usually only two to three, because I don't want a kid to walk in and think I'm being like a total weirdo, but (laughs) I'll take like two to three minutes and I'll just close my eyes. And I kind of envision the negative energy just releasing from my body, which I know, again, sounds kind of whack if you're not into meditation, but it really works. So I just imagine that negative emotion releasing from my body. And I also try and put myself in check and say, in the big grand scheme of things, does what just happened in class with these 11-year-olds matter, you know, or does that 11-year-old's boyfriend issue that she was bringing to you crying really need to take on any sort of emotion inside your body? No. You know, so just trying to give myself the leeway to just let it all go. I have been working with a really wonderful business coach in the Columbus area. And I have similar, I think, well, you sent me the HSP thing. I think I am very, very similar because we've talked about how if I And with people that are in really negative moods, like I get anxious to the max because that gets thrust upon me. But what he's said, which I found really helpful, is to almost think of people's emotions as objects. And so like I have Mm. mine and you have yours. Your your 11-year-old with her boyfriend issue Mm -hmm. has hers. And we just have to be really good about setting boundaries and saying like, you keep that. I'm not going to let your issues have an impact on me. I'm not going to accept you 
even though she's an 11 year old, makes me feel bad saying that. But no, I know what you I mean. I mean, I deal with this with clients right. or, or it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be 11 and 12 year olds. You no. know, this could be your client. This right. could be your boss, say this your is, spouse. You know, this is the issue that you have or the feelings you have, and I respect them and I'm going to honor them, but I'm not going to let you put them on me and have me take them on as my own, like very separate in terms of boundaries, which has really helped me. Yeah, it really is the concept of knowing that you are your own person and your spirit is its own and you don't have to take on anything external from that. And what really happens when we start getting anxiety or burnout is I think we take on all of these other issues that are completely not our own and our body doesn't know what to do with it. It wants it to be released. That's why we feel burnout. That's why we feel anxiety. That's why we feel depression is Mm -hmm. because there's these things in our body that we're not meant to handle. We're not meant to carry these stressors. And so it's trying to say, hey, listen to me. There's something inside of me that I need you to let out. I need you to release all this emotion. I think it's really all about awareness and knowing your body and, and listening to your body. Definitely. I think that a lot of the issues with us taking that on and and bringing that into our lives stem from, in the case of both of us, we're very passionate about what we do. And so I very think that so. line gets blurred when you have an emotional connection to your work because it's not like I go and I... You know, Punch the clock. Right. And I do yep. this every day and then I pick it up and leave because I don't give two craps about it. Mm-hmm. You care about your mm-hmm. kids. I care about credit unions deeply, both of us. So I think it becomes really easy to say, oh, I'll work on this at home or, you know, oh, I'll continue worrying about this because we're passionate about it. And because society tells us, you know, we should work late. To be successful, you got to work late. You got to be better than the next guy. Like those are the messages we're receiving from our culture. I think that that is a huge point because society is telling us in order to succeed, you need to be working 100% of the time. You know, there's no downtime. If you want to be successful, you have to go, go, go. And really that kind of has the opposite effect. Exactly. If you go, 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 you're draining your energy mentally and physically. You're not going to be performing as well. You're not going to be having your best you know, game face on when you're at work because you're going to be tired. You're going to be drained and thinking about other things. And that's when mistakes get made. Exactly. You know, when you're exhausted, you're not sleeping, you know, you're working late or you're so stressed out from work that you're not going to bed on time, whatever it is, you take that the next day and you make mistakes and you work slowly and you miscommunicate. And and how does that reflect on you then? And then I've noticed in addition to all of that, uh, my mood is kind of affected as Mm -hmm. well. So I get more angry with the kids, you know, or something. And I'm like, they don't deserve that. The only reason I'm feeling this anger or I'm feeling mad or irritated is because I have not been doing my self-care, you know? So then you go in and your relationship starts suffering at work if you are totally feeling burnt out. It's a big mess of It's stuff. all connected. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some things that have worked for us. I will say for me, there are a few really key things. So I don't know how tuned in you are to your work via, you don't really deal with like phone, email kind of issues in your job. Not as much. So much. I mean, I get emails for sure, parent emails and, you know, just work-related emails, but they don't flood my inbox, I think, as in a job like you have. Right. See, what the issue I have is I 
get very overwhelmed with notifications. They cause me great stress mm. in my life because I feel like it's someone pulling at me, like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Like, and my mind wonders, who could it be? Is it something I need? Like anytime I hear a ding or see my phone light up, I almost immediately get panicky mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm working on something and someone is trying to draw me away from that. And I know when I get drawn away that I will have a difficult time coming back and completing the task in the way if I hadn't been distracted away from it. So I get, I actually get anxiety over notifications. So what I've tried to do, and I haven't been good about it recently, is only check my email at set times instead of, I, I was really bad about refreshing and seeing like, what did I get now? What did I get now? So do you turn off all sound so that you know? That's next on my list. I was going to say, because I know even if you check at certain times, if you hear the ding... That's what's been getting me in trouble lately, yeah. is the ding. I, for some reason, don't do that with work emails, but I tend to do that with no Facebook and Instagram notifications or personal emails. Because I, aside from work, I'm really excited about all this podcast stuff, mm -hmm. and I've been trying to get into, you know, more social media, and so... The more I do that sort of stuff, the more I'm totally distracted by seeing the notifications. It's like that little red circle is a, the devil. Like, <laughs> Zach, stop popping my up red circle. He looks, Zach looks at my phone and goes, how do you live this life? Because I, I have know. like red circles everywhere and he's like, I have to have them clear. And I'm I like, I do too. It's sorry. so infuriating. But I get overwhelmed and stressed and I ignore them. And I say, ugh, like oh, go away. See, I have to go and like click until the, all the notifications go away. But guess what? You can choose to have zero notifications. You have a setting on your phone for every single app and you can say, do not notify me. Yes. So that works for me in terms of email. The, the sound thing is the very next thing I need to do. Another thing I like to do is it's hard for me. And I got this from a really great book called Time Warrior by Steve Chandler, I believe. We'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, if you are working on stuff all day, which my... My day is just like one giant to-do list and me just working through, working through, working through. If you just walk away at the end of the day, if you're like, all right, six o'clock's here, time to go, like, and leave, mm -hmm. you're leaving that unfinished. And so for me, I then take it into the rest of my day thinking about like, oh, I left this unfinished. It, it carries with me. He argues that you should, you know, have kind of a at the end of the day recap and, and wrap up everything. Make sure there's nothing lingering. Like make sure you're not mid-project mm -hmm. and then wrap up kind of create like a next day to-do list. So then when you, first of all, you've wrapped up your day succinctly, you know, where you stand. And then when you come in the next day, you also know what you immediately need to get started on. I think it's important to leave your workday not having anything weighing on your shoulders. Yes. If you can, to the best of your ability. Because like you said, if you can write down, these are the three or four things I didn't get done today, but I don't need to worry about this this evening because it doesn't have to get done before 8 a.m. or whatever time the next mm -hmm. morning. And you know that those are the top three things on your list for the following day. I think that can relieve a lot of stress. On that note, to-do list, what are your thoughts on listing all of these things that you must get done in one day? Because I think that that adds a lot of stress onto it people does. when they don't achieve all of the things that they have on the list. It does. It, it's very demotivating because there are some days I use a, a project management tool called Basecamp. It's kind of like Slack, but I have like, it's called schedule and it'll say everything I have to do that day. And sometimes when you're scheduling out really far in advance, I'll, I'll put everything like, oh, I'll put that on a Friday mm -hmm. three weeks from now. And that's kind of where I put 
lots of things. Like I'll keep picking kind of the same date. And then I look to that day. It's coming up and there are like 20 things. So many things. And I'm like, oh my God. That's so daunting. It stresses me out. I heard that if you take three things, I think it's three or five things max. And you say, these are the most important things. These are priority A that I have to get done. And everything else you let be priority B or C. Mm -hmm. Then you know, going into the day, I'm not expecting to get all of these things done today. I just have to get priority A done. Right. Because in reality, you're not going to die if you don't get your to-do list done. I mean, you might make somebody angry at your work, but because in the end, it's really about how you handle that negative self-talk when you leave for the day, you know? Definitely. Definitely. I think the big issue with keeping work at work and not letting it bleed into after work or one that we haven't really touched on yet is when you're spending your time, you know, checking an email or even thinking about work, you're robbing someone else of their time. Like for me, I mean, that would be Zach. So if I go home and I'm sitting working on work or I'm thinking about work or stressing about work, I'm not giving him my time and I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. And really... Zach needs my time just as much as, you know, work needs my time, just as much as myself needs my time, you know. I think it's important to say if you and your husband or friend or roommate, whatever, or cat, whoever you talk to when you get home. <laughs> People love their cat. Or dog. Um, if you say, you know what, I'm going to give myself 10, 15 minutes tops and that's our work time. That's the time we're going to talk about work. Because, yeah, you need to vent about your day sometimes. Cool. Not a problem. But it's when you start venting and then the other person starts venting. And then you vent back. And then you vent back or, you know, your cat doesn't respond to you. So you just keep going and going and going. And (laughs) sorry. I love it. No, I love it. I don't know where that came from. The cat's like, you haven't scooped my litter box. (laughs) Cat's got lots of complaints. Life. Um, Yeah. So I think if you just give yourself that short amount of time and say, I'm venting it out. There it is. And now I'm done. Right. And hold each other accountable. Right. You know, ha- tell your friend like, hey, this is my thing. I'm going to vent for like 15 minutes on some dates when I feel like I need to vent. And then you call me out. Be like, hey, Liz, you already complained about, you know, this one project for 15 minutes and I'm kind of over it. Like, this is the rule we set for ourselves. Stop talking about it. Have someone... We've always talked about ac- accountability buddies. Yeah. Make sure they'll call you out. Yeah. And don't be offended. They're just trying to help you out. I'm going to say something that might make our listeners angry. I don't know. Ooh, I'm scared. I think you need to realize how much work really doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, it doesn't. Honestly, it does not matter. It does. It it does. You're right. Give it your all. Love what you do. Find. I mean, I love my job. But at the end of the day, when I, I say this to Zach all the time, and he's like, this is super morbid. Like we all are born, we all die. And what happens in the middle? <laughs> that is I mean, so more. It is. You are we right. all get to the same point. So there's there might be someone that in that moment takes life a little slower, lets things be, leaves work at work. They're gonna have a much better quality of mm-hmm. life when they get to the end than the person who's pulling their hair out. Probably they'll have a longer life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're not stressed to the max every day about Things that really aren't that big. I love the way you phrased that. The morbid, we all die. that too, we're all going to die. But I like the way you phrased it that, yeah, I mean, do your best. 
do your job and be passionate about your job because you, I mean, we are two people who are extremely passionate about our work. So that's all good, right? But that does not define who you are. Your work is a part of who you are, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really define who you are. And I just remember a couple summers ago sitting there at the pool once school was done. I had nothing, you know, on my agenda. It was summertime. Life was happy. And I was just sitting there and thinking back to myself, why was I so stressed about so many things during the school year? Because now when it's all said and done, it's done. It's it's in the past. And I spent so many minutes hours, days, just stressing over things. And that just took moments out of my life that could have been happy and carefree. And here I am now that the school year is over. And it was all, those moments were just wasted stress, wasted time. Yeah. When you're, anytime you're worrying about the future, first of all, we only, and I I believe this came from Jonathan Fields, um, we're only in the present. All we, all we are guaranteed is the present moment right now. Like, Anything could happen in the future. We might not have it. The past is done. There's no use fretting about it. So you spending your time worried about your concert maybe upcoming and freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. You were never guaranteed that concert, that future moment. So why waste your energy on it? Um, completely agree. Unnecessary stress energy. Of course, plan for it. <laughs> I think there are two important pieces of this puzzle that we need to take away here. And I think a lot of times people let work define who they are when maybe they aren't happy with other factors in their life. If you don't know the person that you are, if you don't know what makes you internally happy, if you're not content with the way that you are living life, I think it's really easy to choose work as a a way to mellow that or choose a relationship or choose whatever the case may be, eating, exercising, working out, whatever the case may be. But none of that really matters in the end. Does that make sense? No, definitely. I I def I think that you can say, look, I made three hundred thousand dollars worth of sales. That gives me value. That's what makes me special and important, and that's mm-hmm. why people should like me. But if you don't have that other those other parts in place, like no, my my relationships with people are also important, right. and my health and wellness is important. You know, it's easy to pick a dollar amount or a project you're working on as the defining symbol of who you are as a person. Right. And I think the second part is, although all of that is good and fine, and yes, your work doesn't define you, that doesn't mean that you all of a sudden become like a sloth and you don't do <laughs> and you don't do anything at work. You know, like, oh, this doesn't matter. I'm just going to sit here on my butt and not care. You want to contribute. It's all about contribution and what you bring to society. And work is a part of that. But so is relationship and so is your mental state. Those are all ways that you contribute. And I think that work can fulfill you. I don't think that it's it's not meant to do that in your life, you know, just because I'm saying it's not important. I'm trying to say that... It's yeah, not the end-all be-all. It's not the end-all be-all. There. Good. Boom. Drop Let's go to mic. yoga and right. de-stress from work because that's important after work. That's one of the main things I do. And I'm going to do it right now. Yep. Get my downward dog on. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this little nugget of an episode. It was kind of impromptu, but it's something that we talked about the other day. That we've both kind of been struggling with and wanted to share our tips and kind of remind ourselves, honestly, of, of the importance of keeping those two areas very separate. So as always, 
please connect with us online. We love when you connect with us online. We've had some really wonderful people sharing our stuff lately. It means so much to us. Recently, we've had people reaching out to us, giving us comments and just telling us how much the podcast has meant to them. And it makes my little heart flutter. Like yes, it because seriously does. We're not doing this for us. We're doing this to for to help anyone. One person. If it made one person smile, podcast success done. Yes. Over. I mean, it is kind of helping me too. But oh, yeah. Oh, that aside. <laughs> but anyway, connect with us online. We are at wineandshinepodcast.com. Again, if you haven't checked out our newest section, Get Glammed, Alicia B. Hicks, a local Columbus nail artist and really national nail awesome artist really is what she's got on my nails right now. They're snowflakes. They're on Instagram. Check it out. They are on Instagram, but make sure you check out her section because every month she's going to have a feature. Nina had a new blog post today. Yeah. Lots of stuff online. We'd love if you'd connect with us. And if you don't mind, if you have not headed over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button or sent us a rating or a review, it would really, really help us out. Subscribing is just kind of a way to get our name out on iTunes. And the more people that subscribe, the more people see the podcast, which is a high five, a two thumbs up. Yeah. Also make sure you connect with us on Facebook, Wine and Shine Podcast, Instagram at Wine and Shine Podcast. Feel free to send us an email if you have any comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, guests that you think would be great. Uh, Send those to wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. And we're happy to communicate with you via that channel too. Absolutely. Please send us emails. If you have anything you would like us to know, we would be more than happy to read them. All right, guys. Well, that is a wrap for us. And we are off to yoga now to go stretch it out and do some sweaty chaturangas. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys. Bye.